and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with our Game Week 32 preview, a blank game week for four teams. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the wacky into my whack-a-mole. It's Andy Case. Andy, uh, well, do you reckon you'll be retiring from anyway, anything at 41 after a, an illustrious and glittering career? Uh, is that is this what is this where he's come from? Is, this has come from that. Yeah, he just announced his retirement. Oh, today was he? At forty-one, uh, retiring at the end of the season. I don't even think he announced it. I think his club announced it actually, which is kind of kind of kind of nice. I think in a way, rather than like you know making it all about the team. But yeah, he's. Uh, I've been. I've spent the last couple of years listening to uh, to a Spanish football podcast, which you know I would highly recommend. I think it is called the Spanish Football Podcast. So yeah, there you go. Um, That's great. what he says on the team. Great SEO, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, big fan. Like I didn't realize how much of a character Joaquin was. You know, quite happily, kind of gets his gets his kit off on camera, holds the trophy in front of his you know uh, nether regions when he's won, when he's won something. Um, yeah, big big personality. I'm sure. Again, you'd be doing very similar if you were winning trophies at, at that at that rate. But but yeah, I can see you. Uh, I can see, definitely see you re- you're retiring. Late, not you know, not because you haven't succeeded, but retiring late after a glittering career. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's very very you. I'm not so sure about glittering uh, career or retiring late. Absolutely, I mean, if you know anything about me, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely retiring uh, early. Number yeah. one, work <laughs> key is work life balance. Yeah, and uh, as I will be, I will retire when my pension allows me to. Yeah. But what about um, if you just shit? If you simply just love love the game you're in that much, that, well, yeah, and, and and still you're know, well into the twilight of your career, you are performing a key role both in the dressing room and off the bench. I I know you're trying to battle me here, but I think genuinely, if I was in the middle of a project at work that was, yeah. um, you know close to coming to fruition but hadn't yet and I was due to retire I would want to see it through like you know hypothetically if I was uh 60 whatever now and Ofsted's looking like it's on the way out and Mm. I can I can stay through to see it off or not I'm staying through and I'm I am leading the conga at the Ofsted party dancing on the dancing on the proverbial grave I think I feel that area Yeah, 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 fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, uh, obviously, I, I mean, do you reckon we'll ever see? I mean, maybe, maybe ever's not the not the right sort of way of putting it. But do you reckon we'll ever see someone at forty-one still playing Premier League football? Obviously, Premier, the Premier League is, um, is, I guess, known for its intensity and speed compared to other European leagues. And yes, okay, we might have a goalkeeper at forty-one, but do you reckon we're going to see an outfield player, or, or is it, or or is the Premier League's intensity? Um, you know, however sort of lauded it is, do you reckon just like players and the physiology of footballers and, and athletes in general now we might just catch up whereby we are gonna see players playing well into their well into their late thirties and possibly even sneaky early forties. I mean, there's not many positions where you can get away with no legs, right? Like it it's but potentially it's possible in maybe like like Thiago Silva, the way he's managing to extend his career, or perhaps a defensive midfield position maybe it would be possible and I think I don't know whether quite 41 but we have had the odd player 40 in the Jack, Jack, was Jags still 40 was Jags I 40 don't think he... he was but Teddy I think old Teddy Teddy came to Man United and he won it all um was 40 when he don't know. retired yeah but 
he retired maybe well, he 41 fam- famously retired with with Colchester in in the, in the championship but he was he was atrocious so less about him there the better i think but it was i mean it was great at the old lair road you know the pr- proper dump of a football ground and teddy's turning up in his his Bentley Continental and all of our players are turned up in a box of Lastra, which is. Well, I've just uh, googled it quickly, and he was 42 at Cole U when he retired. That was one season, and the season before that, he was at West Ham. So he must have so been. So he must have been there. 41. So to answer your question, yes, we will because we already have. And he's contributing still, I guess, at that at that age as well. So yeah, contributing more, I think, in the Prem for for West Ham than he was uh, than he was in the Championship with Colchester. Just couldn't hack it anymore. Or, or the 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 spin, the flip side of that, it was just too good for the level, and we weren't giving him the ball in the right areas, which I think is probably more accurate. Anyway, obviously you, Andy, you're still a spring chicken and well off your retirement, and we've still got plenty of pod to talk about before between now and the end of the season. Let's start, of course, as we do, uh, or as we should do, with our game week 32 preview. We'll begin as we always do by running down the game week's fixtures, and we'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points we've got some players on the radar it does have a little bit of a focus on free hitting if that is what you are doing this game week uh, we will then be trying to catch each other in our honey traps and we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is that let's start then by running down those all important game week 32 fixtures your fpl deadline is this friday the 21st of april at 6 30 because friday night football is arsenal hosting southampton then on saturday we've got a lunchtime kickoff uh, that is fulham versus is Leeds and then we've got a couple of three o'clocks uh, they include Brentford hosting Aston Villa and Crystal Palace hosting Everton and then there's also Leicester versus Wolves and Liverpool versus Forest on Sunday two fixtures Bournemouth versus West Ham and Newcastle versus Spurs so uh, yeah a reduced docket and a reduced slate this game week and that's because of the FA Cup semi-finals taking place uh, Brighton Chelsea Man United and Man City all blanking this week um and i guess that does lead to a lot a lot of question marks or a lot of uh, questions for FPL managers about strategy and i assume there have been many planning for this game week it does feel in some respects obviously there is a double on the horizon in game week uh, 34 and possibly some smaller doubles or definitely some smaller doubles later on as well and possibly in 36 or 37 that are still to be announced um, but this does kind of feel to me like one of the last major game weeks to navigate and i'm sure many have been saving their free hit chip i know that um we've discussed before how i in particular like to use my free chip in a defensive way trying to get my way through blanks rather than in double game week trying to take advantage of doubles um but i'm so i'm sure i'm not alone though in in saving my free hit chip for this game week because of how some of the other blanks um tended to work out uh, earlier in the year um but you know, if managers have already used it or are saving it for something else, that is going to create a bit of an interesting dynamic this game week, both in terms of you know, free transfers, but also you know, there's so many player sales and price drops and price rises in in the game this week. There's uh, there's quite a lot going on. Yeah, and I think it has even more of an impact in that regard because it's probably the most common strategy, isn't it? Or at least uh, in the FPL Twitter bubble, it seems as though free hit this game week is probably the you know this game will be the one where more free hit chips are used than any other it seems um so yeah obviously that that causes like fluctuations and big eo effective ownership sort of dips and stuff and rises so um yeah it's gonna if you're if 
if you're not on it, you would you, you would have thought you you'll be aware of that fact for a while and and you know planning your team accordingly. So you'd like to hope that you're probably in a position where it obviously it's not going to be as good as being able to have a free hit this week. But you 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 hopefully will have tried to kind of yeah be ready for the fact that those those players are blanking and not have too many blankers in your in your team. Yeah, I guess we, I think it was what, game week 26 where the sort of schedule really started to like settle down. We knew where where things were going to, or, or where these doubles and blanks were going to start to start to fall and we knew how big they were going to be. And, and therefore, yes, you know, strategy um, seemed was seemingly relatively settled from, from then. It might have even been more settled after game week 28 possibly, but it's definitely been sort of four or five game weeks now where strategy has felt settled and, and yeah you know i'm sure I'm, we're looking at a lot of um or a lot of our listeners are going to have you know either plenty of brighton man united and man city players in their team or hardly any brighton man united and man city players in their team to, to either navigate through this game week on free transfers or to use that free hit chip um i guess in that sense andy it's probably worth us just getting on getting straight on with the radar and i guess it's worth maybe at the top of this trying to um, trying to describe what we've tried to do with our radar because you know, we might as well be transparent. We don't do team reveals famously on our, in the FPL lounge, but we are both on the free hit this week. Um, so it's been a little bit difficult for us to almost take the step back and, and try to think, oh, well, are these players that we're putting on the radar just because we're free hitting this week or are they actual decent long-term picks? And I guess that's slightly the aim of this of this week's radar is to try and kind of get that sweet spot where they're both um both decent long-term picks and definitely definitely good for this game week too well that's it exactly yeah so it's a bit of a slightly unconventional radar i mean we could have arguably done two radars and and done a a free hit one and a non-free hit one right but that that's a bit you know probably a bit too much Andy and Chris for for people for one week so um yeah we, we've we've kind of meshed it and I think all, all will become clearer when when we start getting into the specifics specifics of some of the players but I think it's worth just connecting the dots up with the point that we're making before in in the talking points about um those particularly not on free hit who might well have plenty of Brighton and United in particular and, and that's because obviously their run is very good post this this free hit you know they are uh, so the three of the four teams blanking Brighton, Man United and Man City are in the top five for fixture difficulty, like in terms of not, not being difficult or being the least difficult. Um, yeah. It, in, in the league between next game week and the end of the season. So that does make it tricky for those who don't have a free hit because you would probably be, have been eyeing up having a fair few of those. Brighton have got like at least one double game week, obviously confirmed in 34, as do United and City, but possibly other ones later down the line for them as well. So um, you'll be wanting those assets in your team, but just not this game week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and as Andy says, you know, I guess the the key the key point there is yes, you know, they've got decent runs, but obviously they've got doubles to those those teams. And, and I think I think it is just for Brighton and Man United, they've got two doubles, in, including the one in 34, still to come. So yeah, plenty of fixtures for uh, for those assets if you still own them and are going to hold on to them. Uh, let's crack on with the radar, Andy, and we have a player in the centre of our radar this week. It is Mohamed Salah. Um, I guess, I guess this, we had him on our radar last week, ultimately, he was, he, he was in the mid range. And, and I think it's fair to say that before we started recording, our 
sort of lobbied a little bit for him to be in the centre. Just in some respects, I kind of wish I'd pushed it a little bit harder, but then that's kind of outcome bias. And, and, and obviously what ended up happening um, in, in Liverpool's game this week was that he did pretty well and, 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 and returned multiple times. So, you know, there is definitely some outcome bias in that. But in, a, in, in the other respects, I'm kind of glad we saved it because this feels like, it feels like he has sort of naturally upgraded himself into the centre, um, and uh, and yeah, we've kind of started to see a, a slight change in system from Liverpool. I know that we're going to talk about another Liverpool player who that looks to have benefited too later on in the radar. But I guess the question that I might ask you with, with Salah at the minute is: Is this a case of him? kind of getting back to his best or is and, and Liverpool getting back to their best or have they just been playing some pretty sorry sorry teams well there's a bit of everything in there right because actually their fixtures recently have been tricky generally um or albeit that their last game was against Leeds and Leeds were terrible in in defense but they, I think you said to me before the pod that they've had like Arsenal United um I think they've had six in the last six as well yeah yeah so they have actually had some tough fixtures but the underlying numbers have still been good for Salah and actually now so like the two the two key things for me which have moved him up this week are the fact that we've seen Liverpool's Klopp style counter press in a second consecutive game it's still not doesn't make up for a terrible season but it gives you a little bit more faith in that coming back to the four and a more consistent starting 11 frankly as well like it was the same same starting 11 um and also, the fact that both Newcastle and Tottenham lost and significantly increased Liverpool's chances of making the top four, which then, you know, buoys them and gives them a, 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 a kind of something to aim for. And, and uh, rather than just because they'd always say, oh, yeah, we're going to try and win every game and we'll see what happens. We can't control the other results. But I do think it makes a big difference that because now they've they've big time got like Spurs, have they, Spurs and Newcastle have got each other this game week. So in terms of like, losing points those two teams between them couldn't have lost like more points over these two weeks to put new Liverpool in like a better in any better position so um yeah I think those two things mean that for me even though this goes against everything we usually do on the FPL lounge because it's only like a two game sample size it just we obviously we've got longer sample size than that for Salah frankly and it and it pushes him more into that that, we we were aware of their great run he was already on the mid-range of our of our radar they're one of the only teams that play this game week and double in 34 and when you add into that they have the 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 easiest if you like run of fixtures between now and the end of the season it's you know he's top for XGI all that other stuff we said we said last week um that this kind of uh, return of the counter press and the winning the ball back quickly massively has the potential to help Salah. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's you know plenty um, plenty of upside ultimately with him and and yeah I guess as you say there's there's we've got a large enough sample size about him individually but also if if Liverpool are starting to get back to their best yes okay um, they might have only shown it in a, in a handful of recent Premier League games but we know what their ceiling can be and I think that that makes us feel a lot more bullish about him going forward. Any concerns with his price, Andy? Again, I think it's easy for us, I guess, on free hit to make the necessary moves to get him in this game week. It's going to be a different story next game week, potentially, if we want to keep him. And I guess if we're if he's on the centre of our radar, we will want to keep him. 
Um, so how much is, is, is his price point putting putting you off at the minute or, or sh- and should it be putting FPL managers off? I mean, it's always a balance of factors, right? And it is putting me off a little bit. I think it's definitely a consideration because at that price, currently 12.8, you want no doubt about whether this is a good pick and a good way to spend your money, right? And there is a little bit really or even more than a little bit potentially because of Liverpool's form more than there season. usually is with him historically I guess yeah yeah like yeah. like I said we've okay great we've seen it against uh, a good team and a bad team in two consecutive games but we've over the course of this season we haven't seen it and how much can we trust that that Liverpool will go and do it in the next game and the one after and the one after and the one after so um it's a it's well this time last year we would never have been saying that we would have been absolutely confident we're going to see that type of performance out of Liverpool but we're not so I suppose yeah it's um it, the, the price point is is a is definitely a, is, is a sticking point for sure absolutely uh, let's move outwards then onto the mid-range of our radar and again this is another upgrade from last week Dom Solanke was on the fringe last week and makes his way into the mid-range for this game week and I guess we're kind of liking what we're seeing not just from him but from from Bournemouth in general, I think uh, I don't have this stat to hand, but I think I've read somewhere that they are about eighth for team XG in the last sort of six matches. Um, him, he himself is 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 top uh, among all players in the game. I think for non-penalty XG in in uh, in the last six. Um, I mean, I find this one a little bit. Uh, a little bit strange, I guess, from from my personal point of view, as a, as a big fan of the EFL, who never been a player that I've been massively keen on, um, either in the EFL, EFL or in the Premier League. But we're starting to see something from from him, and obviously it's showing up in the underlying numbers. I think we mentioned last week what he can do, um, you know, in general as you know for Bournemouth. Um, and I guess I'm again I'm I'm guessing slightly, but his wouldn't shock me if his uh, if his underlying numbers are not just um, there's a bit of XA in there as well because you know he he can drop into pockets sometimes and and, and create things too. Um, but talk 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 Bournemouth run to me, Andy, because I guess no matter how you know, reasonable the underlying numbers are for a striker, if you know for Bournemouth, a team that is ultimately fighting relegation and hasn't looked haven't looked brilliant for large parts of this year, um, we've got to be relatively optimistic for their prospects if you know if if their center forward is going to be on the mid range of our radar well yeah uh i think their run is good though right so they may not you you're, you're saying talk to me about their run i mean with the caveat they haven't necessarily been great all parts of the season yeah i think i think they have got a good it's um they don't they don't double in 34 i guess is the biggest kind of thing that holds them them back in terms of, of the quality of the fixtures that they have but they have West Ham Southampton Leeds Chelsea in the next four uh, and then Palace United Everton as well to end the season so Slank is one of those particularly his price where you he could end up if you brought him in like sticking around in your in your team for mm. for a large part of the season now with any forward that isn't a premium option there is always going to be the caveat this year that there are actually a few kicking about right many who we've discussed this season so the biggest downside of him almost is that he's taking up a slot that arguably someone else who could possibly be better um is in but just objectively in and of himself like we've, we've spoken about this before it's almost like if you could have like a flex position uh like you do in, in other um 
sports fantasy sports you, you maybe like someone like a slanky would be would be would be good for that because he, he's he's cheap and object you know in and of himself probably very good value for money for his price i quite like the fact i guess that this week um playing against west ham who were going to come off their their second leg against against Ghent, um, and then as you say, Southampton and Leeds, who are teams that have conceded plenty of chances in in recent game weeks. So yeah, I do particularly like their next three. I guess it gets a little bit trickier after that with with Chelsea, Palace, and Man United. Um, but yeah, I think as as a you know as both a free hit and a short term pun and a player that is also benchable because he's not that expensive. Um, if you do end up holding on to him. I think he's he, he's well worth well worth um, well worth a transfer, and I think given his underlying numbers, you're going to be um, yeah. There's definitely you know quite a lot of high high upside there, and like, as I say, we're seeing it from Bournemouth in general, not just from Solanke as well. And I think that potentially bodes quite well for him. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy, is also on the mid range of our radar again. It was another one where, where we did have a bit of a debate about where where to place him, and I guess we are putting a little bit of this into or perhaps a lot of stock in, in, into into his sort of change of position and adapted role that we saw uh, against Leeds and I guess to some extent against Arsenal as well. But equally, just like Mo Salah, we've got a lot of evidence from what Trent can do if given the ball and if given the ball in dangerous positions. Um, I guess there's, there is still this this clean sheet question mark. And I guess at his price point, it's to what extent his attacking potential outweighs Liverpool's leaky defence? Well, actually, a bit of both, I'd say. Um, like I do think they, they're, the defensive numbers have improved. They've moved up to 10th best uh, in the league for expected goals conceded over the last six matches. So that's still not like amazing. But at other points in the season, they were like, you know, 19th, 20th. So it's an improvement. Um, and when you add into the fact they've got a decent fixture run, that that helps that on that front as well. But yeah, his attacking potential has significantly increased. Um, that he's moved into they've sort of like a lot of teams are doing now, copied that Man City tactic where the right back steps in and becomes a double pivot. And um he is getting on the ball more, making more uh passes that are increasing the XG opportunities for Liverpool. That that is showing the uh, a stat we don't really talk about much because I don't think I fully understand it yet. But XT expected threat, yep. which is basically some kind of measure of how much a pass increases the expected goal potential of the player who is receives it or something. It's something along those lines anyway. Um so like basically if you make a you know a forward pass that splits two defenders and put lays on an attacker you haven't you've significant it's a way of almost like x extending xa yeah to every pass i think in some respect right yeah um, i mean I, I can't profess to know i my theory on on that on xt was it also included things like dribbles I, th- I thought it was more than just passing if i'm honest it could but well do i might yeah because i think it it, it it was it was aiming to almost fix like the jack Grealish issue from 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 years gone by whereby he wasn't generating loads of like xa or xg but he still looked very threatening with the ball um so yeah but i i i, I must confess that i don't really know but that was vaguely what i thought 
yeah, I mean, the point here for the sake of this, though, is I guess that it's it's not just an on the eye thing. It is actually showing in the underlying data that yeah. get, and his past, like things that you are easier to understand, like his pass maps and his heat map of where his position is on the pitch. Yeah. He is in more central positions, in more advanced positions. Well, he's basically playing alongside Fabinho, really, wasn't he, in, in the last yeah, game? Yeah, forward passes are leading to chances more, um, as well as directly assists themselves, because he's, yeah. he's top for um, expected goal involvement for, amongst all defenders over the last four matches. And the, this switch of roles has been kind of in the last two. Um, uh, and again, other data that supports it is he's had more touches, he's lost possession less, he's made more passes he's um created more chances per game in in these games when he's been in the the double pivot move stepping in from right back role so um there's a lot of indicators basically that he has a really like not just a bit of a like a fairly significant increase in his um yeah attacking out potential attacking output so um that's a big plus with these fixtures coming up and again there is the price thing for him as there was um for Salah, you want almost a guarantee with with um, someone like a Trent. But, it, you know, if Liverpool do start getting on a run and can sniff top four and, and get a bit of their mojo back, like, he is going to be potentially so influential in some of these games with that role that he's playing and the, and the teams that Liverpool have, will be coming up against. Yeah, I guess just for me, at his price, I want... I feel like... I feel like his major appeal in years gone by has been that, that he's got a pretty decent clean sheet sort of floor and then his ceiling is better than any other defender in terms of attacking potential and without that clean sheet floor is he worth the money because I guess ultimately you kind of at this point I mean Newcastle haven't kept a clean sheet in in a number of game weeks but their underlying defensive numbers still haven't been too bad so it's just like well is Trent better than Trippier because you know Trippier's got better clean sheet potential and only marginally worse attacking potential. I guess that's kind of the point. So, so yeah, I mean, I think he justifies the place on, on our mid range because of what it could be if a couple of things still click into place. Um, and ultimately, I think, I don't quite, again, not 100% sure, but I'm guessing Trent at this stage of the season would be something of a differential. It could get very, he could get very popular very quickly. Um, but, you know, bringing him in, for a non-free hit game week, say 33, he could still, you know, his estimated ownership isn't going to be huge, I wouldn't have thought. So, and maybe the same with Salah as well. So, yeah, both could be really interesting picks uh, in the final weeks of the season. I mean, fixtures are also key as well, though, right? Because if this wasn't a trend, if this was like a lesser player from a less reliable team, but they still were looking good in the numbers and had great fixtures coming up, we would still be like, Mm. saying they're potentially a good a good option okay they probably wouldn't be as expensive as well right is, is which is the point but just to reiterate i mean three of the next four games are at home so that's not and, that, and that's forest this week which is potentially very juicy one west ham next week and then a double both at home of tottenham and fulham in 34 um and then they've got another actually it's actually four of the next five at home they've got brentford at home in 35 so i mean yeah, Liverpool haven't been great at the back, but just almost by default against some of those teams, they could end up with 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 clean sheets, right? And and definitely there's plenty of attacking potential for them there. Yeah, I think yeah, that obviously it's been what Leeds, Arsenal, City, Chelsea, Bournemouth, United maybe is their last six. You know, I, I know that I, I know that they absolutely rinsed United, but um, 
but yeah, there's going to be. Well, I mean, in, interestingly, uh, uh, just a, a, a stat that's been going around, you've probably seen, but like they actually got more XG against Arsenal than they did against Man United. Well, yeah, and, and, and that ended two two, yeah. and they beat United seven nil. So yeah, yeah, completely. But I guess, I guess you know, in terms of their defensive numbers, you know, they've played some teams that are going to create chances against them. Ironically, Chelsea didn't really, but you know, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think even defensively against Leeds, they did look a bit suspect, though, which I guess gives us gives us a, a bit of concern potentially. But you know, Leeds are also one of them teams that ship plenty but can create chances too. So, um, so yeah, we'll we we will. I guess the jury's out, but I think it justifies his place on the mid range of our radar. Uh, let's move outwards, Andy, to to the fringe, and I guess we've got the midfielders of two teams here. Um, we'll start with Crystal Palace. They've been a little bit popular and a little bit buzzy in in, in FPL Twitter uh, since Roy Hodgson took over. Um, Eberichi, Eze, uh, Michael Olise, and uh, a sneaky mention for Jordan Ayew, who actually has better underlying numbers than, than the other two, um, although it is relatively marginal. Um, I guess... Andy, you're probably not going to want to own more than one of these and pick uh, similar to Brighton midfielders earlier in the year or still now, I guess, between McAllister, uh, Matoma and March. Um, uh, which one ends up returning on any given game week is is, 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 is is anyone's guess, really. But all three have returned three times in the last three game weeks. Um, so at the minute, it kind of feels like you could go for any of them. Um and they might end up doing okay. And they also have a pretty nice fixture run. Well, yeah, quite. And I mean, I think it's probably worth saying that what that they're the fact they play this week and have a good fixture is a key reason which gets them onto the fringe, I think. I think they're that that makes them potentially good or all right picks for either if you're on a free hit or if you're if you're not, because if they if you're if they weren't playing and having a good fixture this week, Crystal Palace and spoiler alert, the next team we would go on to Fulham. Um, if it, 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 for both those teams, like Leeds at home for Fulham, Everton at home for Palace, if they didn't have those, maybe they wouldn't quite sneak on the radar um, based on their, I guess, the lack of consistency, frankly, over the course of the season of their players. But... I'd almost put it the other way, in the sense that like I would have them on. For this game week, but I think what puts them on to the what cements them on the radar is their run after. Well, but if they were blanking this game sure. week, well, okay, yeah, sure. If they were blanking this game week, we definitely wouldn't mention them at all, right? But like, yeah, or even if think if they had a, if they had like City away, or if they had not as good a fixture, I just think I just think it means that it, it, it in an ideal world, you're if you are not on free hit, right? Yeah. You could still justify bringing yes, them in to yeah. massively help you this week. Yes, but um, because they'll because it they've got a, some potential yeah. to continue to return going forward as well. Yeah. Um, but also in this particular game week where the expected ownership of them is probably likely to be much higher than in almost any point in the season, and so if you don't have them, it could hurt you not to. There is a um, you know a reason for you even if you're not on free hit to be to feel okay about about like bringing them in and yeah like you've said they've looked decent palace since Hodgson's come in at least more structured um and kind of seem to have benefited at both ends of the pitch and so and Everton have, have obviously been like really poor defensively um for a while including this season um so for those all three of those who've been getting in on attacking returns and getting underlying numbers under Hodgson it's um potentially looks looks like they, they could continue that, couldn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's, he seems to really sort of rejuvenated them. As Andy says, at both ends of the pitch, they've been generating quite a lot, quite a lot of shots. Um, I'm not sure necessarily if they've always been the highest quality, but but yeah, I think they've um, in, in all three of their games, they've definitely had had sort of eye-wateringly high shot counts compared to their opposition, which uh, which should only bode bode well. Um, and yeah, I like Palace's extended run more than this next team, more than Fulham, but I like Fulham's game week 32 fixture more than Palace's. And that is simply because, you know, Fulham play Leeds. And I think at this stage, we should be on the always target Leeds train. Um, they look a bit of a shambles, frankly. Um, and I guess Fulham have in Andreas Pereira, um, a player who... Again, we didn't quite mention the, the, the prices of, of those Palace players, but I think they, they're around five and a half million, easily benchable as well in, in the future if you, if you needed to. But Pereira's a, over a million cheaper, what 4.3 million, I think, at, at the time of recording. I mean, he has... What what's his assist stat, Andy? Has he got more assists than almost anyone in the league? He's, this he's year? third. Only two players have more assists in, in, than him in the league this season. Who's that? Saka and De Bruyne? I think that's the two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is that assists or FPL assists where like winning penalties counts? I guess it might be FPL assists. Um, I'm not 100% sure, actually. I think yeah. it must be FPL assists, yeah. I mean, either way, it's still a, a yeah, it's still, it's still a could, great Well, stat, it's assists but... as, as listed as assists on the FPL website, right. but I don't know whether they mean, because they use Optostats, right? And so I don't know whether they mean... They've just that's just a feed from Opta, so it's it's so it's actual assists or whether they're counting their own game and right. and uh, yeah okay no, fair do you know enough. what I mean? Yeah. By the way, from Pereira's point of view, it's still pretty good going, and I'm guessing he hasn't won loads of penalties. I'm sure he's more just played passes and through balls etc. That have, yeah, yeah. have led to led to goals. So so yeah, um, I think that's uh, yeah, I th- I, four point three mil. I mean, I think if you are free hitting, I think he has to be an absolute must in in your squad. But obviously, yeah, the Fulham. I don't like the run quite as much, and I think that's partly because of you know, albeit they have a double in game week 34, that's City and Liverpool, but um, Leeds Villa in the next two, and yeah, a player like Andreas Pereira um, is you know if if Elise Eze and and Jordan Ayew are easily benchable, um, Andreas Pereira is, and I know that we've probably benched him a few too many times, Andy, where he's ended up returning this season when he was very popular earlier, um, but yeah, I think I think I think he's he's almost a, a must own this game week if you are on the free hit just because because he's such an enabler uh, as well. Um, I'm going to mention Willian, Andy, just because uh, I, I think it's worth mentioning him. I think he's created more chances over recent game weeks than Andreas Pereira, but maybe not quite to the same high quality. Um, I'm not sure if that's, you know, corners and whatnot that have been headed over the bar by someone like a Tim Ream. But, but yeah, I did think it was interesting to note, but I guess at the same in the same breath, Pereira is the only one I think that's played all three games since Mitrovic's ban, whereas Williams played two and Dick Oliver Reed's played two and Carlos Vinicius has played two as well. So, um, yeah, if you are looking to really take advantage of this Fulham fixture against Leeds, it does feel like Andreas Pereira is your pick. Well, yeah, obviously you've got that as an upside, but I guess the reason they're on a, he's on a fringe rather than any higher up would be also to say that I guess some people would suggest that despite him being great value and a good price he he it does take up a midfield slot that potentially yeah, you could yeah, yeah people trying to double up on arsenal midfielders and or liverpool midfielders or both you know um that's a potential drawback but then arguably would a gakpo for example have any better a chance of getting a, a return or two than an andreas against that leeds defense this 
this game week? I don't really know. I mean, it's worth saying on both these, Palace and Fulham, by the way, Leeds and Everton, their two opponents are, are worst and third worst for expected goals conceded over the last six matches. And in particular, as you say, Leeds, so Fulham's fixture, are a humongous outlier. Like, they're 3xG worse than the team below them. Like, so, so they've got 15 expected goals conceded in the last six games. West Ham are second with 12. So that's like a 25% increase on the team in second. Yeah, that's that, that is, they're really... I mean, obviously, they've taken two batterings at home the last two games, which will contribute to that, but that's still goals they conceded, right? So yeah, it yeah. still does count. It's not like it doesn't count. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, complete complete collapses from Leeds. And, and yeah, we're not seeing anything from them that, that doesn't indicate that they're a total shambles at the minute. So, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think I, I, I'll, I'll repeat it. I think if you're on a free hit, having a Fulham player is is well worth it. Um, and Pereira, I think, is is the standout. But I can see why someone might want to go for Willian uh, as a bit of a differential. But yeah, I think longer term, that's also why they they, they remain uh, really on the fringe part of our radar rather than further up. Um, I guess our anyone else section, Andy, can be a bit more of a of of, of a free hit splurge. Um, yeah, I'm particularly keen on Gabriel Jesus this week. I know you are too. Um, I guess there are going to be lots of managers that are looking at an Arsenal triple up this game week, especially if they are free hitting. Um, Gabriel Jesus, obviously, pre while he was injured, was was not really in anyone's thoughts, and we were looking very much at like two of Martinelli, Saka, and Odegaard, and then maybe a defender. Um, I feel like Jesus needs to be well into that top three conversation now, doesn't he? I mean, particularly for this game week, but arguably for longer than that as well. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah, he definitely has to be. I mean, I would imagine Saka and Martinelli over the course of the season have had probably better underlying numbers and, and they've got higher ceilings probably as well. But they do share it around a bit, as we've mentioned a few times, Arsenal. and and Jay, But Jesus is the only one playing through the middle, right? And I think he scored a penalty, has he, since he's come back from injury as well? So might well... Maybe Saka wasn't on the pitch at the time. Yeah, I'm or... assuming Saka wasn't on the pitch if that if that is the case. Yeah, obviously Saka missed one against West Ham this week, but he yeah, you think you'd think that wouldn't make Arteta take him take him off. But anyway, look, I mean, it's um he it just it just seems like you you can't have all three, right? And I suppose there's plenty who'll try and have at least two. I mean, there will probably actually be a fair few who'll end up going Saka, Martinelli, and Jesus who are on mm. free hit this week, but. It feels like you're going to miss out on other potential. Like they can't. It's unlikely that all three return. Like it's possible, but it's yeah. unlikely, isn't it? So you 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 sort of, in some respects as well, might as well try and get the benefit of other teams attacking assets too. Yeah, I think against Southampton, I want I want a player that can benefit from a clean sheet, basically. I think, and 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 therefore, yeah, a defender would be in my top three too. Um, a player that I've been really impressed with in recent game weeks is Alex Moreno, and 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 Villa don't have the easiest fixture this this game week away at Brentford, but um, but yeah, I think he's he's got reasonably decent underlying numbers for for a defender, and I think he's under under four and a half million, or he's bang on four and a half million. So, yeah, uh, quite keen on Alex Moreno, and 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 yeah. Yeah, he's been decent for a clean sheet as well. I think he's returned every, six of his last seven, including two attacking returns. So, yeah, um, keen for him um, and would definitely be in my long-term thinking. But, uh, yeah, the fixture this week means that he's not quite creeping onto the radar for us. And Andy, finish us off with a, uh, with a, with a Crystal Palace goalkeeper. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's not usual you'd say this, and I think he didn't even start the season as their as their starting keeper, did he? But um, Sam Johnston is potentially on the radar, well, at least someone I'm keeping my eye on and might well end up having just for this game week. Um, uh, so so it doesn't quite make the radar, but certainly for a free hit, because you're going to have to look beyond the obvious of Arsenal and Liverpool. Arsenal and Liverpool probably arguably have the best clean sheet potential, but you're going to want to load up on their attacking assets, right? So... You're, you're unlikely. Who are you going to have in goal? I mean, is it a waste to have Ramsdale or Allison? It probably is. So then, therefore, who's who's going to be... Or arguably, if you do have one of them, you're not then going to also have the defender, probably, a, a defender from that team. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to have to look uh, beyond the traditional teams you might think of for, for either a defender or a goalkeeper this week. And Everton have created, I think, their fifth worst for XG over the last six. They're even lower than that. I think it's perhaps third bottom or fourth bottom over the course of the whole season. And um, as we've just heard, they're kind of rubbish at both ends of the pitch there, therefore, and they're just obviously in a bit of a funk. And um, they've arguably looked a little bit more solid on the Daesh and ground, ground out some results. But you, with Palace at home, you, you, you think there's a they're one of the next ones up on the on the on the what's the phrase their next ones off the forecourt or yeah off yeah. The, in terms of being ones that you'd look for for a clean sheet this game yeah week. So, yeah i mean they're what so i think they're second for xgc second best in the league since hodgson come in so yeah um definitely has has overseen the turnaround they haven't been the most difficult fixtures since since you come in but but yeah i was uh as, as we said on a free hit this week and i was absolutely scratching my head for for a goalkeeper i mean i was potentially looking at sort of nick pope way and possibly even against tottenham um and uh and maybe even burnt leno um but then leads can create chances too. So yeah, Sam Johnson is definitely one that, I'll, that I will be strongly considering. Uh, let's leave it there, Andy. Uh, as always, witted on far too long on the radar, but then when we return, uh, we will be trying to catch each other in our honey traps. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So, uh, Andy, we did a honey trap last week as well, so let's tie up that loose end. Uh, yours was a Man City player as... Oh, I was going to say king of the game week, but obviously that branding has disappeared. Uh, so, what, player of the week? But that didn't happen. Who? So, who was it this, this week? Eze? It was, it was Eze, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, 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 not Salah then? No, no, Eze got 16 points. Oh, wow. That's uh, what did he get? Two two goals and I guess three bonus and a clean sheet. Uh, so that must two be. goals, a clean sheet and three bonus. Yeah, oh, wow. lovely job, Lee. Uh, great stuff. Um, mine was I believe Kane to outscore in, in terms of FPL points, uh, Erling Haaland, which did not happen, but Andy didn't take me up on it. Uh, more for him. I have to say, I don't think I've ever got a honey trap right, to be honest. So, uh, this is the time. What some? Well, you, I mean, this one. Right, you took me on. Well, sure. my I, one. okay. I don't think I don't think my proposition has ever come in. Yeah. So you okay. should take you should take them all basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, yeah. Should be the, that should be the rule. Um, 
this week, Andy, again, it's a shame, we could, shame there's not a lot to swim against, but I guess in blank game weeks, and especially when there's a lot of chip usage, uh, it, you know, transfers tend to make sense. Um, so, yeah, take me away with yours. Okay, well, mine is, I think, a relatively relatively juicy one for you this week. So we'll see what we'll see what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 again, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I think you you you're pretty much gonna have to take it and and hear it. So here it is. Um, Arsenal, Southampton, yeah, Fulham, Leeds, yeah, and Liverpool, Nottingham Forest will all go overs on the total goals. So that is. To have, they will have three or more goals in each of those games. Yeah, you're, and you're going to tell me I have to take that because, you know, the, the, the odds will be above, well above evens, which I guess, yeah, it, w- it will be. Did you look at the at the, at the betting? Okay, go I, on, tell me. I did. You, uh, it's just over three to one, so you've got over, over 75% chance of that not happening. Right, well, listeners, please gamble responsibly, but that is a tip. That's an official Chris Hopkins tip, that, because I, li- I, I like it. I mean, I was debating a very, very juicy one at one point, which was going to be Fulham and Leeds to be the highest scoring game of the week. And then you've, and then you, and then you basically, and then in addition to that, you're giving me top of the league against bottom of the league. Where, which, let's be honest, is basically, I mean, it isn't, but in my head, it's Arsenal to score three or more. And then you've got Liverpool to score three or more. Arguably, <sighs> Forrest could score. Or yeah. Southampton, and then it would, yeah. But, I mean, not just because you've goaded me into it, but because, you know, ultimately there is the maths behind it. I mean, can you see Liverpool or Arsenal winning 2-0? Yes, I guess you can. Definitely. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and and that, that I guess, is the, in a low-scoring game, you know, the over-under two-and-a-half goals is, or low-scoring sport, rather, the over-under two-and-a-half goals always seems like it isn't necessarily, necessarily the fairest line. I guess the line is somewhere sometimes in between that. But... Yeah, so I will take it, but I can't say I feel amazingly about it just because you can absolutely see all three of those going going over. And I think at, at three to one, without making this into a into a betting podcast, which you know, don't get me wrong, I'm sure we'd love to do. Um, yeah, I'm 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 going to have some of that. Thank you very much. So, so you yeah. are going to take me on it. Basically. I am going to I am going to take you on it because, but then I like. So yeah, I guess I guess, I guess it's, this sounds a bit a bit counterintuitive because I, I I like the bet, but I also lo- I'm going to take you take you up on it because I you know I get I get the maths behind it. But yeah, yeah I, guess I, I think like it's fair to say ex- exactly. Yeah, like it it feels like value. Like I'd take yeah. three to one on that, right? Yeah. But if also like you've probably two. got a better than fifty percent chance of winning it. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think I think as well. What's interesting is when I did look at the I originally thought. I had a lot, a lot of different combinations here. I went for like rather than all of them going overs, would I say something like ten goals in all games combined or something, yeah. or um, like one, I, another one, I, I potentially narrowed it down to just the Arsenal Liverpool games and say like seven or more goals in yeah, yeah. those two. Because but actually, um, when you can, even if you just have 
Arsenal game to go overs and Liverpool game to go overs. That was better than evens, only just slightly, but that mm. was better than evens. Um, but obviously, I wanted to make it a little bit more juicy to try and entice you into my trap. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And and yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess even if I'm trying to justify myself here, I mean, Fulham are without their, their best centre forwards. Leeds can't continue shipping six goals a game. So, I mean, not that you need extra you know persuading to take it because you already have but one other thing I would have said had you uh, needed that is that over the last six matches Fulham are third worst and Leeds are eighth worst for XG created themselves um, the other side of that coin is they've both conceded plenty but um, <laughs> yeah, say, they haven't so. created I mean you can't concede it if the other team's not creating it right sure. so but then it's easier to create if the other team at the back so you know it's, it yeah. works both ways but anyway yeah i will i will take you on it okay uh mine is also relatively uh juicy i believe uh but at the minute i have three forwards in my uh in my um in, in my free hit draft uh they are gabriel jesus dominic Slanky, who obviously both all appeared on our on our radar although i guess jesus was in the was in the anyone else um, and the other one is ever reliable, at least recently, Ollie Watkins. And my uh, my honey trap to you is that they will all return this game week. So Watkins, Solanke and Jesus all to return. I think Jesus is very likely because I'm assuming you're accounting an assist I am. there. Yep. Um, Solanke. So I think I will be taking you because both Solanke and... Watkins returning as well does add quite a bit of jeopardy into it. I think as we've discussed, you know, with Slanky on our radar, it's definitely possible that either or both could, but um, similar to yours, it's 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 the it's the multiple element of this, isn't it, really? That exactly. Yeah, yeah. And um also with Arsenal, there's been some random rotations or illnesses or injuries last minute that we haven't heard about, hasn't there, before yeah. where like Jesus is obviously coming back from a long-term injury. Southampton at home is quite a straightforward game for Arsenal. They've got City in away midweek, massive for them. Might they go for wow. trust Martinelli? You're starting, the to, you're starting to worry me now. Just, might, just shut up, shut up and might, take it. Might they go for? <laughs> That's what you say to all your, all your mistresses, <laughs> is it, Chris Hopkins? Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I. Th- yeah, that's just a little extra nugget that makes me more than happy to take that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to have a. You know, if they didn't start, it's void. But it's not really in the spirit of the game. So, um, so yeah. No, I'm sticking with. It. I'm sticking with it. But um, yeah, all to, all to return uh, in this game week. So uh, yeah, Andy's going to take me up on, on that one. It'll be interesting to see if my uh, if my free hit draft uh, changes and then. Uh, but obviously, my honey trap has to remain the same. Uh, let's finish then, Andy, with captaincy. Uh, this, I guess, is again going to be very, um, very dependent on on your free hit. But ultimately, no, no, no Erling Haaland uh, this week at all. Um, so I guess uh, similar to last year, Mo Salah is going to be the most popular captaincy choice in the game, right? I mean, after what was it scoring twice uh, this game week, uh, and they've got now got Forest at home. I think. That seems very likely, right? Um, never mind the fact that lots of people will be bringing him in who didn't already have him because of the free hit. So, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, we've just discussed the fact that Arsenal, both of those games, obviously, there's the, we think there's probably chances for goals. So, you know, 
Saka, Martinelli, Jesus all potentially could could get as many returns as Salah, and that's what makes it a little bit difficult. Traditionally, in the past, we just said Salah's probably a little bit more guaranteed for returns, which is what makes him a better captaincy option, and that's probably still true. However, we have seen Liverpool sharing like the goals around. I mean, Firmino got at least one in the Arsenal game. I think all of Gakpo, Jota and Salah got at least two returns in the Leeds game and Nunes came off the bench and got a goal as well. So in a game where they don't score six goals, you know, there is the possibility where Salah's not the one potentially to get to get the returns. So, um, yeah, don't remind a... me of the Bournemouth nine nil earlier in the oh. year, which was a uh, yeah bad bad day bad day at the office all around really, wasn't it? But yeah, absolutely, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, there's 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 a little bit more jeopardy than there would be like you were making the comparison to like last season. I think there's there is a bit more jeopardy there this time. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But yeah, I can see him being very, very popular. Um, obviously, we like a defensive captain on the pod, Andy, although I'm not sure if I've done it myself this year. I know that you did it a few weeks back and it didn't go all that well for you. Um, but Trent, this game week, I guess, you know, if and it is a reasonably big if, but if Liverpool keep a clean sheet, then we can definitely see some attacking uh, attacking returns for Trent. And obviously, clean sheets are pretty good, uh, pretty good floor for a captain anyway. Um, so, yeah, I can see him being, well, more popular on this pod and maybe among our listeners than, than, than perhaps he is within the game in general, but could be a really interesting choice. Well, I think, we say, as I mentioned, there's, there's some jeopardy in, in that front three for, for Liverpool that I'll still feel very confident in Salah. He, you know, there, there maybe there is signs that they share it about a bit more this season. But also on top of that, for Trent, we mentioned I mentioned all the additional attacking output and this more advanced role for him. That's a plus if you're going to think about captaincy, of course. But on top of that, Forest have the lowest XG created of the, over the last six matches of all teams in the league. So they are playing the least creative team they could be playing and they're playing them at home. That's got to be an upside for any defence, frankly, even if it wasn't one we were hoping for more out of. And I did mention that obviously Liverpool's numbers have improved. They're not amazing, but they're mid-table rather than being kind of down there. So if it was was a different mid-table team that were playing Forest at home, we'd feel pretty happy about um, a clean sheet potential for that for that team so that still counts for Trent this week as well and I think when you've got that return like it's, it's the classic low high floor that we talk about with the with captaining yeah. defenders that that makes it really appealing because with when you've got that high floor with a now an increased attacking potential for improving the ceiling as well it gives a lot of upsides for for captaining someone like a Trent yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess uh, I guess I, th- I think you already mentioned it, Andy, when when talking about Salah. But just for the you know the the, the completeness of the captaincy seg, um, you know, you're probably not going to put anyone off Saka, Martinelli, or Jesus either. I guess you know I'm pretty keen on Jesus, having included him in my uh, in my uh, in my honey trap. But yeah, I mean, again, Arsenal share the attacking returns around, but you could see them scoring multiple times, multiple goals against. Against against Southampton, um, so so yeah. I, again, you're not really going to put anyone off off you know, any of these. I guess maybe Saka's missed penalty is going to put people off him a little bit, but that seems a bit a bit silly to me. Um, but yeah, I don't really have loads more to to say on on them. I mean, Arsenal are still 
even though they've had some some slightly bum results, you know, they're still a very, very good side that score goals and they're playing the team at the bottom of the league and yes, fighting for their lives, but don't look particularly great. So um so yeah, you you you're expecting goals and, and, and either one of them could get one or multiple returns. So so yeah, not too much really more for me to say on on, on that. Um Ollie Watkins, I guess, could be popular. I'm not sure if I like his fixture that much this game week, but I guess if you're really looking elsewhere for and perhaps a differential captaincy option than than you know where who's more reliable at the minute and, and yeah I'm not sure if you watched the game against Newcastle but he was very very good and Aston Villa looked very very good so you know, maybe we're putting a bit too much stock in, uh, in, in in how difficult this game will be for Brentford and or against Brentford rather and maybe ignoring how good Villa have been um, but yeah you know Ollie Watkins can definitely pull pull you know Ben Mee, Ethan Pinnock etc around and, and create space and, and and some danger so yeah but it's it's I, I mean it feels to me almost as easy as an Erling Haaland game week for me like it just it's just going to be Salah. I feel I feel a little bit more tempted to go for something a bit different this this game week because I think I find it interesting sometimes that you're quite cautious in many respects of FPL but then in captaincy I feel like you've you're more likely to throw caution into the wind a little bit. I think relative to my general gameplay, though, which is yeah. exceptionally cautious, right? So sure. I, I think I do like, look, I've got captained Haaland most game weeks this season, right? I've done, I do it like maybe once or twice over the but course of the season. But you flirt with it more on the right? pod than me too, which just isn't, I don't know. So like, I, yeah, I think well, even on the what, pod, what, what, you don't get more. any points for being all mouth and no trousers, though, do you? Like, um, no, but I, that... I find it interesting that you even entertain it more on the pod than than perhaps I would, because I'm a little bit more like throwaway, and sometimes what I do, perhaps a little bit more emotional in terms of how I play the game. Well, I think the way I'm looking at it this week, right, is I think Salah, Saka, Martinelli, Jesus have probably all had multiple double-digit returns this season, right, at various different points, and any one of those I think could go off this game week. Which one is more likely to is out of all like that group of four is really hard to, to call. I think mm. like we've seen Martinelli in particular have some very high scoring game weeks this season. So and and Sack Sack has had I can remember like an eighteen off the top of my head and 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 others. So very hard to pick which of those. And so therefore I think that gives you an opportunity for it's a gamble, but it gives you a one of your best opportunities for differential that could be beneficial right because if you're almost yeah. saying that it's not much less of a chance that Saka or Martelli goes off than Salah then you've got a lot to gain and a lot less to lose particularly in a free hit where you'd probably own most of those assets anyway the damage is at least mitigated somewhat compared to like not owning them at all right yeah. um so that yeah just that there, there's an opportunity I think it presents a bit of an a bit of an opportunity potentially yeah fair enough fair enough all right andy let's uh let's leave it there and let's uh end as we always do with a little game we like to call who the heck is stat uh, each week and each week andy and i take it in turn to pick a player from the fpl universe and the other person has to guess who it is they get five clues and if they guess it after the first clue they get five points after the second clue they get four points and so on and so forth every time we hear a new clue uh, the other person gets the opportunity to stick or twist on their previous guess which means we don't reveal the answer to answer till the end so you can play along wherever you are listening to the fpl lounge podcast 
Uh, Andy just got a solitary point last week, was not particularly impressed, I don't think, with my clues. So I'm sure I'm in for an absolute hiding this game week. Uh, but I'm currently 12 points behind and the, yeah, need to make up plenty of ground. It's big scores only here on out for me, I think, and if I'm going to be able to turn this around at all. But here we go. Okay, here we when go. You're ready. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, I need a timer, don't oh. I? So I will Dude. fill the time, I guess, by suggesting that Singing. I have risen above my <laughs> anger from last week and, uh, you know, reminded myself of the integrity I have and the respect I have towards this game to yep. make sure that I play it properly. And so yep. that is what I have done. Because obviously your 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 inevitable three P will you know you'll only be cheating yourself if you if you, if you if you don't do it properly right yeah exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and whilst I may not have respect for you or the way you offer clues to me yeah. I do have respect for the game and yourself and yourself presumably so well I mean this could go down a deep dark hole very quickly oh yeah about my not... own respect levels for myself so that's not that's um, not. It's, it's, it's right. already late enough in the in, in the day recording this. So yeah, and the increases late night agony aunt session. Yeah, we don't need that. Do we? No, right. Quite. Um, okay. Clue number one then um, is this player's fifth season in FPL, and they are on for their second best ever finish. Uh, okay. Um, all right. Well, let's go down the fixtures because it's a good place to start, and let's skip forward to next week so I don't miss any of the blanks. Uh, Wolves feels unlikely that there's many eligible for the game. Palace are going to have, uh, I'm going to guess Zaha, who wouldn't be five seasons, maybe Eze now, but he wouldn't be five seasons. So none of them. Villa's next fifth season. Is it Ollie Watkins' fifth season? I don't think it would be. Um, how many other Villa players might be eligible? Mings, I think we've had him recently. Martinez would have done more. So no, Fulham feels unlikely that they've got any five seasoners, apart from maybe Mitrovic. We've had him before, second best finish, possibly. Leeds, again, that feels unlikely. Leicester... Second highest finish for Madison, five seasons. Second highest finish for Barnes, five seasons. They're they're possibles. They are possibles. Don't know if they Barnes would be eligible for the game. Forest feels uh, like a second. Really okay. We're at that point. Uh, okay, I'll go Harvey Barnes, and I will move on. Okay, Harvey Barnes. Clue number two. Then it is this. Uh, this player started this season at their lowest ever starting price, which they are now 0.2 above. Uh, okay, so 0.7 or 0.2 is their current price. I guess that's not that helpful because I probably don't know that many current prices. But anyway, uh, might keep going through the teams. So Brighton, uh, Lewis Dunk possibly, but lowest lowest ever starting price, you say? Yeah. That's interesting. And not not joint lowest, like lowest ever starting price. I think lowest ever. Let yeah. me quickly check. All right, fine. Um, but that does imply that it's probably not a defender because they must have been like, I guess the, the prices are a bit more bunched together, aren't they? 
Definitely um, lowest ever, not joint lowest. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it would be someone like a... Like Rashford feels lower than he's maybe ever been. Um, or someone reclassified, maybe. I think I'm Rashford hasn't done five years. Um okay, what about Chelsea players? Havertz, not five years. Um yes, not sure about them. Uh West Ham don't feel like they've got many players eligible for this. Liverpool probably got quite a few, but it wouldn't be Salah. Wouldn't be Trent or Robbo. You've got 30 seconds. Mm. City, anyone there? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Lewis Dunk, I think. But I don't particularly like it. But yeah, let's let's go with Lewis Dunk. Well, again, time is almost up, so we'll have to go with that. Lewis let's Dunk. Please. Uh, clue number three, this player is the highest scoring player at their club. Okay, that's interesting. Um, right, let's go through the teams again then. Wolves, don't know, Saar maybe. Palace, again, I don't think I'll, maybe I'll start at the bottom. United has to be Rashford. I was a thought, not his fifth season. Spurs is his Kane, not his fifth season. Bournemouth, Oh, is it is it is it Dom Slanky? I guess he would have done well he'd have done five seasons at like Chelsea and Liverpool. Second highest finish though doesn't feel right for him. Southampton, I'm guessing their only eligible player would be Ward Prowse. No. Um Newcastle, who would their second highest be? Cher? Do you believe in life after love, Andy? Yes. Uh, Arsenal's second highest. I think Martinelli's top. So Saka wouldn't be his lowest, I don't think. Or Gabriel or Salib Salibas. Who would be City's second highest point scorer after Haaland? KDB? Foden wouldn't be his lowest starting price. Wouldn't be Mahrez's lowest starting price. Got 30 seconds. Yeah, struggling here. Liverpool, below Salah would be Van Dijk. But no. I'm going to have to stick with Dunk, but I really don't think it's him. In fact, I'm certain it's not him, but I've got nothing else to go off at this point. So, so yeah. yeah well, your time's run out, so you're sticking with Dunk. Okay. Clue number four. Despite only being the ninth highest scoring in their position, this player only has 28 fewer points than the top scoring player in their position. So he's ninth, ninth highest in his position. 28 more. Right, okay. 28 less than the top. And did you yeah. say he was the? It was the. Okay, I think I might have misheard you. Top at his club or second top? At his yeah, club? top high scoring player at his club. Okay. Ninth high scoring in his position, but with only twenty eight fewer points than the top scoring player at his position. Mm. Okay. Um, 
I might go. I, I think I misheard you and went for highest scoring at the club, which would be very annoying. Um, but then that like, can't be dunk. Uh, ninth, only 20. So I'm, uh, is the ninth highest scoring forward behind, only 28 behind Haaland? That seems implausible. So that would lead me to a midfielder, I think. Or would it lead me to, to someone else? I guess midfield. Just smack my head set off my, off my head. Um, I guess midfielders, defenders, and that would all be close together. Oh, I'm really stumped here. Top top scorer at their club. Which clubs are going to have a lot of FPL players in them? Arsenal. I think, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's Martinelli. So that's a no. Brighton is going to be McAllister. Oh, that's a no. Chelsea, I don't know who their top scorer will be. Liverpool is Salah. City is Haaland. United is Rashford. Newcastle is Trippier. Tottenham is Kane. Who would Chelsea's be? That feels like my... You've got 10 seconds go. left, so I need a name. Oh, I'm just going to have to stick with Lewis Dunk, mate. <laughs> just going to have to stick with Lewis Dunk. Okay. I literally, done. I'm just sticking with him because I'm, 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 I feel like his price is 4.7 million, and that's the only reason I'm sticking with him. <laughs> Not that he might be the highest scoring player at his club already. If there's other clues, you'd be no, I think no. it's no, no. Okay. He's not, well, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Clue number five. Yeah. Despite a new manager coming in recently, this player has been reassured of his starting place. <sighs> okay. Been a lot of new managers, so let me let me just make sure I don't miss anyone. There's been Roy Hodgson. Still, would Stellini count? Depends how far back you go, I guess. For like, does Sean Dice count? Lamp, Lampard reassured of his place. It's Kepper. Highest. I mean, to be fair, I do. I, I was getting down to a Chelsea player because I guess they are a team that's probably going to have quite a few players eligible for who they can stat, but I've got no real read on in terms of who their top sco- top scoring player is. Um, fifth season, maybe second highest was one of the clues, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That's probably right because he lost his place to Mendy. Um. I don't know what his price is, so 4.7 sounds fine or feasible, I guess. Uh, what other clues were there? Have I missed a clue? Lowest ever starting price. No idea about that. I guess he could have been five mil before and four and a half this, I suppose. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of high scoring in his position. 28 yeah. fewer points than the top scoring. It's a tightly bunched goalkeeping group, I imagine. So yeah. I mean, because of the because of the final clue, it's Kepa. The other clues make sense. I'm shocked that he's Chelsea's top scoring player, but I guess they have generally not got loads and loads of points between them this year. Chilwell and James have been out a lot. Havertz doesn't score, so Mason Mount's not been playing. So yeah, I guess it could be feasible. So yeah, there we go, Kepa. 
well, you seem pretty confident that you are right on that final clue. Well, Lampard's, um, Lampard's coming and he's, and he's reassured him of his place. So, yeah, there we go. Well, that confidence is well-founded, although you sound despondent, yet confident it is well-founded because it is Kepa Ariza Balaga, yes. Yeah. Um, he Well, basically, the fact he was the high-scoring player at Chelsea is what made me go with him because I thought that was interesting Surprising. when, I, when yeah. I saw it. Yeah, um, it is his fifth season. Yeah, second best ever finish because three of the seasons he wasn't the first-choice keeper. Yeah. Um, yet lowest ever starting price started at 4.5, never been... But that low before and he's now 4.7 Chelsea's high scoring player uh, the clue about uh, only 28 fewer points than the top scoring keeper was supposed to lead you to like a low scoring position basically yeah, like yeah um, as you said like Haaland obviously like streaks ahead there's lots of midfielders who scored like high amounts of, of points so uh, yeah I, get, I, yeah I guess just like as there are lots of midfielders that have scored a high amount of points like I don't know I I mean, I'm looking at it now. To be fair, the ninth, yeah, ninth is 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 fifty below Martinelli. So yeah, okay, fair enough. But right, yeah. So it's it's Raya with 133 is top, and and Reece Balaga's got 100 105. So yeah, but there are fewer points to score. You'll you'll have be bunched together. together. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, like yeah, that last one was because I know we discussed recently about the fact that Lampard had kind of come out and said that even though he dropped Kepper before, he would he would be keeping him uh, as long yeah. as he keeps playing well so yeah yeah Kepa and it's one point uh not what I needed but you know it's better than zero I suppose isn't it so there we go all right well lovely stuff Andy Case uh let's leave it there let's my new favorite phrase is uh, bringing this one into land so let's bring this one into land Andy and obviously you know plenty of opportunity for our listeners if they've got a free hit to be to be playing that chip this game week so if they've got any last minute queries about you know, should I bring in this player or, or this player, or you know, should I be worried about budget and how full should my bench be? How can they get in touch? They can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge and do let us do let us know your questions and what you're thinking of the show because you yeah. know we, we're still doing this three or four years on and we're still getting something out of it enjoying doing well in FPL and obviously speaking to each other every week so if you're getting something out of it too do please let us know absolutely absolutely yeah I think uh, let's lay the gauntlet down this week I I want to see I want to see some more some some free hit drafts if you've got if you're doing if you're on your free hit this week and you listen to this podcast and you, even if you don't want to you know tweet it publicly Drop us a DM, send us a DM, slide in. But I want to see those drafts, and uh, and yeah, we, we, you know, we're not, we're, we're never going to be like, oh, that's a rubbish decision. But yeah, it's good, to, it's good to see some, uh, good to see some engagement, and and yeah, do do get in touch. Um, we will be back at some point next week, but uh, Team Chris, Team Chris Hopkins is is off on holiday, so uh, yeah, there might be a few audio issues for the uh for the next pod but yeah we we will be back uh at some point i think on 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 thursday the 27th obviously there is a uh oh no we won't we'll be back before that won't we well i was gonna say potentially you'll be hearing from us in in a rarity you uh, this season you'll you may well be hearing from us twice next week which is which has been a long time since since we stopped doing the review shows and you would regularly hear from us twice but yeah you, you might well be getting yeah i'm getting getting well 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 ahead of myself so so obviously yeah we will be back before game week 33 which kicks off on the tuesday so we'll have to be back andy i guess sunday night or or monday in the yes. many in many respects it's, it's a good job i did uh i did bust my ankle and pull out of the marathon because i think this would have been quite quite difficult too so uh so yeah 
Oh, well, yeah, great well, we will, either, either way, we'll aim to have that show out on Monday, right? Yeah. So it's ahead of the Tuesday, so you've got time to, to listen ahead of Game Week 33, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I was definitely getting ahead of myself ahead of myself there, thinking of the Game Week 34 preview, but no, uh, Game Week 33 preview, yeah, we'll, be, we'll try and be back uh, Sunday or, or, or yeah, uh, or, or Monday uh, as early as possible. So, Andy, until then. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Bye.